Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy. Today, I'm going to be talking about UFC Vegas 40 because it's going down this Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada. We got Norma Dumont, the number seven ranked featherweight on planet Earth, taking on Aspen Ladd, who's ranked number five in the world. And these are uh, topology rankings because I'm pretty sure they don't get Bud and all that. So I assume she's ranked in the top three as far as the UFC featherweight division is concerned. And then Aspen Ladd had yet another catastrophic weight miss uh, last week. So now she's moving up in weight, and we'll see if this is her real weight class or not. Uh, it's a contrast of styles. I mean, normal Dumont's got kind of that Brazilian banger style. An interesting stat here, she's never been taken down in her entire UFC career, and she's been in there with a wrestler in Ashley Evans-Smith. She's been in there with a black belt in Felicia Spencer. And Aspen Ladd, we know exactly what Aspen Ladd wants to do. The stand-up is not the prettiest uh, on the Aspen Ladd side. However, she gets on top of you. She gets that full mount, and you already know the deal. She starts uh, she starts making a bunch of sounds, and uh, the ref starts to intervene, and she gets a bunch of ground-and-pound stoppages. So, yeah, you guys already know what time it is. So I'm going to break down the whole car start to finish. Got to give a quick shout-out to my sponsors, to Manscaped, to Prize Picks. Uh, thank you both. Uh, we got great deals for both of them. And also, I'm down, as always, I've been enjoying answering the fan questions. Uh, if any of the fans want to hop on here with me face-to-face, man-to-man, or man-to-woman, if we got some 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 ladies uh, in the audience checking out Half the Battle, I know we did recently. Uh, Y'all are welcome here as well. So I'm just down to talk fights with you guys. I'm very excited to be here. Um, also happy to be doing this earlier in the week. So let's get down to business. So again, I'll break down the whole card, start to finish, give a pick for every fight, give any kind of inside info that I may or may not have, and uh, maybe even a little uh, fantasy perspective too, because you know we got to shout out prize picks. So I'm excited about that. But first, I got to give a huge shout out to our longest supporting sponsor, which is Manscaped. So Support for Half the Battle is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package absolutely changed the grooming game along with their refined body wash to round out your hygiene routine. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their shower time routine by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20. And again, guys, I always talk about it. Be ready for that short notice opportunity like my boy Kevin Holland. Like, for example, this past weekend, firstly, it was my birthday uh, on Saturday. I turned 32, October 9th, the same night um, that Fury and Wilder fought, the same night that Randy Brown and Jared Gooden fought and Mackenzie Dern and Marina Rodriguez, all great fights. So this was a three-day seminar that I attended, right? It was Monday, Friday, excuse me, it was uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So basically speaking of short notice opportunities. So Friday night rolls around and this is like a 10 hour seminar, like hosted by a business mastermind. One of my buddies who's just this multimillionaire entrepreneur own hundreds of businesses, has a vast real estate portfolio. And he was, I learned more in these three days than I did in all my four years of college. I low key want my tuition money back, but back to the point. We had a little break in between sessions, and I and it's at a it's at a hotel, right? Though the seminar is being hosted at a hotel in a conference room, so I go to the hotel bar to you know get a little water, you know, uh, just to hydrate a little bit. 
And man, the bartender was smoking. And I said to myself, like, man, like, not only is it my birthday, not only am I ready for a short notice opportunity with Manscaped, you know, I'm, I'm always trimmed up, but I also got that crop preserver ball deodorant. But I was like, you know what? After uh, this uh, seminar is done, I'm going to go up and talk to her because after the seminar was done, everybody went out to go throw some axes. Actually, my boy that hosted the seminar, I was talking about how he's the serial entrepreneur. He owns the gym I train at. He owns uh, Barry the Hatchet, which is like an axe throwing place. He owns a bunch of different, like the dude's just ridiculous. And one day I'm going to have him on half the battle so we can share his secrets. And he, even back in the day, like won like 500K on a World Series of Poker. So the dude's just, and then, he, and then he trains jujitsu and wins gold medals at IBJJF. He's just like, he, he's, he's one of my role models. But anyways, back to the point. So I decided that, you know, I wanted to go talk to this girl. I wasn't trying to go axe throwing. I wanted to, you know, have a couple drinks for my birthday, turn up and see what would happen. And uh, lo, lo and behold, I was ready for a short notice opportunity. And uh, let's just say that things went very well. So the next day comes around. And, you know, when you're dealing with a bartender, they get hit on so much that it's one of those things that you better be on top of your game if you want to approach a bartender because every sloppy drunk guy is saying all the dumbest shit. You better be looking good. You better be smelling good. You better got that Manscaped ball deodorant. You better be cleaned up and ready to go. Well, everything I was doing worked. So, you know, that night, I, let's just say I had a great night. But the next day, Man, her coworkers were not happy about her seeing about seeing her leaving with a, a young, good looking man like myself. So, you know, you got to cut your losses and move on. But then, you know, the next Sunday we hit up someone else and we're always ready for short notice opportunities with Manscaped. Now, have you smelled Manscaped's refined body wash? Fellas, the ladies love their signature scent. You and your boys will be oh so fresh and oh so clean when you start off your self-care routine with the ultimate body wash. And I like how they said so fresh, so clean. Shout out to Outcast ATL Zone. Keep the grooming game going with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is uh, what I got in my hand right here. You got the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the Crop Preserver ball deodorant. I cannot shout this stuff out enough. And uh, you also got the Crop Reviver toner right here, the Performance Boxer Briefs, which I use for jujitsu every day, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor and new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn on a 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Oh, and did I mention that it's waterproof too? So, you know, uh, if you're dealing with one of them tropical storms and your power goes out, uh, there's no excuse not to be on top of your grooming game. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up, up top your nose and ear. And guys, like I said, there's nothing wrong with having nose and ear hairs, but there is something wrong with not addressing it. And trust me, she will thank you. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate areas. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations, their crop preserver ball deodorant, which I've already told you about many times, 
for you know before leaving the house the crop reviver ball toner for a mid-game ball check and trust me when i say fellas your balls will thank you and i already told you about the two free gifts the boxers and the shed travel bag so bring your comfort and boxers to another level so gentlemen and ladies you know if you want to buy this for your boyfriend or your your husband get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code battle 20 at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping with the code battle 20 at manscaped.com keep your balls trimmed fresh and clean with manscaped all right y'all so uh let me see some of the things y'all are saying my boy robot chicken said half the shave hey you know, got a little facial hair, but you know, you know, you know, you know, I'm keeping them, them ridges looking clean, man. And then obviously shave up top. Not going to tell you any more details about nothing else, but just know we are well groomed around here. We got my boy Gold Cap saying uh, half the battle is being manscaped. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Uh, we got 802K Mike, uh, 802K Mighty saying uh, cooler than a polar bear's toenails interesting I, n- I never thought about that before so uh all right but let's get down to business and then i'm down to answer y'all's questions and uh we'll take it from there so first up in the strawweight division we got a matchup between ariani Car- carnalosi she's 13 and 2 she's taking on estella nunez who is seven and one and currently they got hold on i just gotta zoom in because even though these are prescription glasses, I got to make them look a little bigger. And my fucking dog, my my puppy, ate my other glasses. Like, this guy's got me so pissed off. I know he's got the cutest face, but oh my God. Like, you saw the black shades I was wearing a, a couple pods ago? Like, I mean, these are still prescription too, but like, I, oh my God. Like, uh, this guy's got me so pissed off that... No, nah, no, nah, but anyways... We got Ariane Carnalosi minus one fifty two. The comeback on Estela Nunes is plus one thirty two. So two Brazilian ladies about to go at it, and it should be a lot of fun. I mean, look, what I've said about Ariane Carnalosi in the past is that she kind of brings that Jessica Andrade style to the table, which we're actually going to talk about later on with uh, Lupi Godinez, where you know they're kind of short, they're compact, but they throw big bombs. They go in there, they'll pick you up over their head and slam you, and power goes a long way in these lower weight classes for the women's division. I'm talking about straw weight here because they're not used to being hit like that. And Carnalosi does possess that one hitter quitter that can give a lot of these ladies trouble. And with Estela Nunes, now she is making her UFC debut, but I got to give her a lot of credit, man. I mean, she is one scrappy individual. I mean, we're talking about a young lady that's knocked people out with head kicks, that's gone out there with knee finishes. Um, and in her one step up, now she did lose to Angela Lee, the one champion, via Anaconda Choke. But, you know, for that division standards, that, that's considered somewhat of a step up. Now, the big caveat here, the thing we need to address is that Estella is coming off a USADA suspension. Now, was it a tainted supplement? Was, uh, you know, did she get caught taking some Flintstone vitamins and now she might not come back the same? So there's a lot of questions about how she's going to perform in that UFC debut. So while I think that at both fighters being at their best, I think it could be a very competitive fight. Um, I got to go with Carnalosi. She's got that UFC experience under her belt. Honestly, I thought she performed pretty good against Angela Hill until, you know, the unfortunate, what was it, a cut stoppage? You know, but up until then, I thought that those calf kicks were starting to accumulate and started to get up 
uh, we're starting to uh, get to Angela Hill, but I'm not going to sit here and say she got bailed out with the cut stoppage. But what I will say is I, I, I was very curious to see what would have happened if they let that fight continue. Um, because, you know, there was still a lot of a lot of time to go in that third and final round. And calf kicks, as you guys know, it only takes a few before you really start making an impact on your opponent. So I kind of really wanted to see what would happen if the ref let the fight continue. But hey, cut stoppage is a part of the game. That being said here, she rebounded in style, finished her next opponent. And and I think she comes out here and gets a, a, you know, uh, 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 a very spirited victory here over Estella. Look, Estella's not going to go down easy. Estella's going to come out here to fight, but that UFC experience counts for a lot, and for that reason, I'm going to go with Ariane Carnalosi to get the job done. Now, next up in the Bantamweight division, we got a matchup between Brandon Davis. He's 14-8. and eight. He's taking on Dana Batgary, who's 9-2. and two. And currently, they got... Deny back Gary minus 170. The comeback on Brandon Davis is plus 150. So another fight that should be an absolute banger. Now, interestingly enough, uh, deny back Gary uh, open minus 300 in the spot, which I'm kind of, you know, the fight, you know, the line has since been adjusted. So I, I don't agree with him being, you know, minus 300. I do agree with him being favored just because he's really been doing his thing. And we do need to see, uh, you know, Brandon Davis at 35 is a little bit more. He did make the cut uh, nicely against Randy Costa, which was actually in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, someone correct me if I'm wrong. Did they did they fight at 45s in that fight? I was at that fight. Let me let me let me double check that before I say some incorrect info. So. No, no, I was right. I was right. So the Randy Costa and Brandon Davis fight was at uh, Bantamweight. He also had a very competitive fight with Kyung Ho Kang. Went to a split decision with him. And even the Giga Chikadze fight, I mean, initially it was said that it was announced as a draw. We all knew that was bullshit. We all knew Giga won, but it was still a split decision at the end of the day. It was still a tough fight. So this guy, Brandon Davis, I know his record doesn't look the prettiest, but he is a gamer. He comes to fight. He's always in shape. And when it comes to a stand-up fight specifically, that's where he tends to thrive. And one thing about Denabat Gary, look, man, you got to give him credit. He's been doing his thing. I mean, he was given two guys that don't belong in the UFC, but he treated them accordingly he treated them like they don't belong in the ufc i mean he got rid of guido canetti and kevin natividad uh right away which is exactly how you're supposed to treat those guys you know because on the flip side you look at um a newcomer and uh, mana martinez who you know was knocking a bunch of guys out on the regional scene and he he's out there going to split um with Guido Canetti, whereas the now back gary is handling him accordingly so you got to give back gary a lot of credit you know, but man, I, I can't get that highly Alatang fight out of my head, man. So it's not that this guy, you know, is on a on a trajectory to the top fifteen or anything. I think it's more so a case where he's just going to come out here and have a lot of exciting fights. And Brandon Davis is the perfect dance partner to give him that exciting fight. Um, and I also think uh, le- now, let me just make sure I'm right on what I'm saying real quick. Um, I'm about to say that Davis is the bigger man here. And I am very correct. Uh, he's three inches taller. I mean, a five foot ten bantamweight. That's a big boy. He's got a seventy two inch reach as well. He's also the younger man here. Both guys throw at a high clip. Brandon Davis gets hit slightly more. Um, now, 
the good news for Brandon Davis is that he's going to get the fight he wants because the not bad Gary is not known for coming out here and shooting takedowns. So, in, in fact, if anyone's going to shoot here, it might actually be Brandon Davis. So, I actually see a case for Davis being somewhat of a live dog in this fight just because of how competitive I see it being. Like, I, I if the not bad Gary comes out here and just starches Brandon Davis, which Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think anyone's just come out here and knocked this guy out before. I mean, no one has. I mean, he either loses a close decision or he gets submitted. So it would be a first if Denabat Gary was the first guy to come out here and knock out a guy like Davis. So I see this being an exciting stand and bang fight. So at the betting window, it might actually be a dogger pass situation. I'm going to slightly lean with Denabat Gary just because he's been more active inside the UFC's octagon, but I would personally not sleep on Brandon Davis. Now, next up in the featherweight division, we got a matchup between Ludovic Klein. He's 17 and 3. He's Slovakia's first ever fighter in the UFC. Now, yesterday on Contender Series, um, the big boy that got signed, I believe, is Slovakia's second ever uh, fighter to get signed. So Ludovic Klein is a trailblazer, just like my boy Cheeto Vero is the first ever Ecuadorian fighter to get signed to the UFC. And then you had a kid on Contender Series be the second one. So it's cool to see these emerging countries making it to the big show. Um, so we got Ludovic Klein, who's 17-3, and three, taking on Nate Landwehr, who's 14-4. and four. And currently, they got Ludovic Klein minus 375. The comeback on Nate Landwehr is plus 290. So th this is pretty interesting because it's like the way I would describe Ludovic Klein. So you know how Conor McGregor is known for that big left hand? Well, Ludovic Klein is known for that big high kick, man. I mean, he can come out here. Look, look, look who decided to show his face on camera after uh, after uh, eating my fucking sunglasses. This is this is Leo. Th this fucking guy ate my glasses, and now he's trying to be cute in front of the fans, he's trying to put on a show for the fans. All right, bro, you gotta you gotta let me host my show, man. But um, what I was saying was that Conor McGregor is known for that big left hand. Ludovic Klein is known for that big high kick. But another similarity that that these guys have is that in the first round they're so dangerous but if you can get conor mcgregor past the first round if you can get ludovic klein past the first uh, round these guys are so damn explosive that it's just science that they're gonna naturally slow down and i think that that last fight against mike trezano really exposed a lot now i personally at the time scored it for ludovic klein i thought that the 30-27 Trezano's were a bit absurd, but regardless of had he won that fight, it still told me a lot about him that, you know, not not, not to say he's a front runner because I truly believe he's going to knock a lot of people out, but as he climbs up the ranks, people are, you know, you're not just going to get everybody out of there in the first round. These guys are going to be able to swim, and I'm not convinced that Ludovic Klein can swim in deep waters. Now, on the other side for Nate Landwehr, He's got a great style to take things in the deep waters. My only issue with Nate Landwehr is how much this guy gets hit. Let's see what the official number says on how much Nate Landwehr gets hit. So officially, are right, y'all ready for this? Nate Landwehr gets hit close to eight strikes per minute. That does, to me, seem like a recipe for disaster against a guy like Ludovic, who in the early going 
is as sharp as he is, is as fast, is as accurate, is as technically proficient. So, man, Nate is a durable guy. I know he got caught his last his last fight. Look, a flying knee to the chin. You know, that's going to catch a lot. That's going to put a lot of people down. But here's what I'm going to say. And the reason I'm talking like that is because we're dealing with a plus 260 underdog. If Nate Landwehr can somehow extend this fight into the second and third round, get this in the deep waters, I mean, there there is a chance and there is a path. It's just that getting hit eight times per minute is you know, the, the sticking point here, that's what I'm having. That's what I'm having an issue with, man. You just cannot get hit that much in the early going against a guy like Ludovic Klein. I mean, who do I think is the tougher guy? Just heart and desire. I think Nate Landwehr is the tougher guy. I mean, we don't got to bring up how this guy on his come up was over there in Russia fighting Russians and, you know, won the M1 belt. I mean, the dude's a badass. I respect him a lot. It's just that his style of fighting, I mean, unless he's cleaned things up, I mean, listen, these guys spend time in the gym, they take time off, and you're able to improve things such as your defense. That's one thing that can be improved. Your chin can't be improved, but granted, he's only been knocked out once, and a lot of us thought it might have been an early stoppage. So, uh, actually, take that back. He's been knocked out twice, because uh, don't don't forget about uh, Herbert Burns knocking him out with that knee, so I'm correcting myself on the spot. But yeah, I I think that Ludovic Klein probably comes out here and catches him early. However, if he does not, and you start to see Ludovic Klein huffing and puffing, go hit up that live betting window, my man, because uh, Nate Landwehr is known for that style where he eats your best shot and then he breaks you down the stretch. Now, that worked outside the UFC. Hasn't worked inside the UFC as well. But I definitely respect the guy's heart. I respect his resolve. I respect his toughness. And I just respect his fighting style. So, you know, I'm I'm always going to be a fan of Nate the Train Landwehr. Um, but give me Ludovic Klein to probably get it done early. But like I said, if he doesn't, that's where uh, that's where you need to pay attention. So we're going to get to this next fight. I had a couple questions. My girl Tiffany said, random question. Why do you wear sunglasses? It's your look, which I like. Just inquiring. Happy belated birthday. Tiffany, why wouldn't I wear sunglasses? I mean, listen, you got to... Look, you got to dress how you want to dress. You got to be who you want to be. It's funny because a lot of people have a complex about, oh, he wears sunglasses indoors. Therefore, he must think he's better than you. And it's like, no, not really. I just like wearing sunglasses indoors. It's not. It's not. I mean, I could sit here and say, oh, yeah, I'm trying to block out the haters. But, you know, that's just all. That's just, you know, a joke. But I just like wearing uh, sunglasses indoors. It's just my thing. You know, I always have. So. Yeah, you got to do what you feel comfortable doing. My boy uh, Cam says, is your dog a German Shepherd? Yes, sir. Long haired German Shepherd. Um, And there's a long story about how I got him. He's actually the son of one of my dogs that passed. Rest in peace. So, yeah, man, long story there. He says, cute dog. I really appreciate that, my friend. Um, All right, let me see if you all got any questions before I move up to the next part, my boy B Rizzle says ATL is fine. I say, I appreciate that, my man. You know, we're out here representing and speaking to ATL. Shout out to the Braves coming out here, making it to the NLCS. Uh, man, it's uh, well, hold, hold on a second. My boy's saying, Don't act like uh, you don't know what song that's from, Dan. Motherfucker, I said what song that's from. 
It's some outcast, man. You know what time it is, man. Come on. Come on. Now, don't try me like that, man. I was on that Equemini before all y'all, even though that song's not on Equemini. It was on uh, AT Aliens, but you already know what time it is, man. Don't, don't, don't even try me like that, but I appreciate you, my friend. So next up in the flyweight division, we got a matchup between Lupita Godinia. She's 6-1. and one. She's taking on Luana Dread Carolina, who is 7-2. and two. And currently, they got... Lupita Godinho's minus 285. The comeback on Luana Carolina's plus 225. Hold on one second. My my dog's uh doing the whole bit. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, this dude, this dude's insane. He's still he's still a baby. At least he doesn't go to the bathroom in the house anymore, but he's he likes to destroy everything, such as my prescription glasses, such as going through the trash cans and taking things out and seeing what kind of stuff he can get away with. Um yeah, I, I love this guy. So hopefully he can stay here. He's about as ADD as I am. But anyways. What I was going to get, <laughs> the original said, my bad player, just making sure. Hey, I appreciate you testing me because I know there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people acting like they know what they're talking about, but they really have no clue. But trust me, man, born and raised in ATL, this ain't no game around here, son. So Lupita Godino's minus 285 comeback on on Luana Carolina plus 225. I don't know, man. I don't I don't know about that. Um Let's just talk about both fighters for a sec. I think that Lupita Godinez, similar to uh, Karen Alosi, who we talked about earlier, they both have that Jessica Andrade quality. I mean, they'll go out there. They'll bulldoze these girls. They'll throw punches and bunches, big loopy hooks. They'll pick you up over your head and slam you. But Luana Carolina, she's got a bit of a Muay Thai background. I mean, I know she got submitted with that knee bar by Lipsky, but I kind of don't see that. Uh, I, I kind of don't see that happening here, my man. So... I don't know. I, I I see this as a close. Let me see where this line open. I, I'm actually very curious because that kind of minus 300, like this ain't that soccer mom that she just fought. Damn, it opened minus 285 too. So I don't know. Maybe I'm way off here, but this strikes me as a dog or pass situation. I think that Luana Carolina is getting a little bit disrespected here, man. I mean, I, I thought that that last fight against uh, Pollyanna Battaglio was a massive step in the right direction. I mean, she really dug deep in those second and third rounds, came back after a devastating loss, and, and handled herself accordingly against someone that's been in the UFC for a decent amount of time. And Lupita Godinez, while I think she's got a very bright future, don't get me wrong, um, it's just, you know, it, it's all about paying dues. And I can say that Luana Carolina has paid more dues inside that octagon. So... <laughs> Maybe I'm way off here. It's not that I'm straight up picking Luana. It's more so that I don't think this is going to be that minus 285. Like minus 285, like that last fight, you know, Lupita had against uh, the, the the Argentinian chick. I mean, she just went in there and ran her over like it was nothing. Now, if she does that here, then that justifies the price tag. But I'm just not convinced that's going to be the case. So. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I'm going to go with the dog here. Maybe give me Luana Carolina for the upset because the line just seems a little bit wide for my liking. So, and so hold on. K-Diz says, I'm actually surprised Lupita isn't a bigger favorite based on recency bias, correct or not. Eubanks was like minus 300 before getting uh, pulled. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying, you know, the recency bias and all that, but and Sarge tends to be a big favorite in a lot of these fights. Um, 
But still, man, like Luana Carolina's one. I mean, she's won some tough fights, man. I mean, beat Potelio, beat uh, beat Priscilla Cachoeira. I mean, like, like these are all higher level fighters than the chick that uh Lupita Godinia just fought. So, and stylistically, um, Luana has experience with fighters that throw big loopy hooks, um, as evidence in her fight against Priscilla Cachoeira. So. I mean, I think it's going to be a closely contested fight. Don't get me wrong. I could see it go either way. But at a price like that, um, I think it's dog or pass. So actually, give me Luana Carolina to edge out the decision. And speaking of another one where I might be way off on my opinion, um, next up in the welterweight division, we got a match between Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts. He's 17 and 5, taking on Ramazan Omeev, who is 20 and 4. And currently, they got uh ramazan amiv minus 300 the comeback on danny hot chocolates plus 230 a- am i missing something here i mean like like i know that certain guys run over danny hot chocolate like i get that but ramazan amiv is not known for running over anything what ramazan amiv is known for is he's got a nasty clinch game man he's really good at doing that russian coast where he'll pin you up against the fence kill that clock mixing that takedown uh with one minute left i mean you saw his fight with nicholas stolse i mean uh nicholas stolse even won around and dropped him in that fight and then you saw my boy jared nitran gooden go out there and knock out stolse in like a minute and a half and and shout out to my boy nitran listen i know a lot of y'all are shitting on him but what you guys got to understand is that when you're fighting a guy like randy brown in your fourth ufc fight in a co-main event uh, let's talk about that, and then let's talk about the front kick he ate, which would have knocked out half the roster, and he keeps walking forward. I mean, my boy is a savage. Let's just get him in there with other guys who have only had four UFC fights, and let's let him work his way up. It's like they put him in there with Juban for his first fight, a Russian Nurmagomedov for his second fight, finally gets a you know a fight that, you know, you know, a reasonable fight with Stolze handles that accordingly. Then all of a sudden, hey, ESPN co-main event against Ran- co-main event against Randy Brown and Jared's got balls, so he's not going to turn down a single fight. But it's like, dude, like, can we like let him build himself up? Like, wh- why do these other guys like? Why does Matt Simmelsberger get to come out here and fight Jason Witt? Like, like, why do these guys get to feast on? You, you see what I'm saying? So, like, let him get Jason Witt. And Gold Cap says, what about the weight miss? I mean, the weight miss was a situation like this. I mean, firstly, there's no excuse, but the reason is this. His last fight against Stolze, he took on three-day notice, and he made weight no problem. Three-day notice. So he had a little bit of a miscalculation. He thought that, hey, now I got a little bit more uh, notice, you know, it's not three days anymore. So he just kind of miscalculated it. It was his mistake. He wasn't trying to cheat to get an advantage. The dude believes in himself. He, he just fucked up. You know, it happens from time to time. I highly doubt it'll happen again is what it is but dude's got balls fighting randy brown in your fourth uh ufc fight randy brown's been in there with the who's who randy brown should be ranked right now i could go on forever but back to danny roberts and ramazan amiv i mean ramazan amiv is good at just kind of edging out these close decisions pinning you up against the wall going out there you know making it a slow paced fight and with danny hot chocolate one thing about my boy danny hot chocolate is he's got some pop in his punches. He hits very hard. He's always involved in a dogfight. I'm curious why he's been out for so long. I mean, do any of my uh, UK fans or or anybody else have any insight as to why um, he's been out for so long? RMW says Roberts trains with the likes of Usman. 
Is that true? Because, I mean, I know Roberts was training in Florida, but Usman doesn't train in Florida anymore. Usman trains in Colorado now. So, I mean, excuse me, maybe you're right, but I'm not entirely convinced that he does train with Usman. But correct me if I'm wrong. Feel free to. Um, And also, does Robert still train in Florida at Sanford? If so, I mean, I think he's getting good training. And I'm just curious why he's been out a couple of years. Has he been dealing with injuries, maybe personal issues? I don't know what the deal is. But Roberts is a tough out, man. I mean, like, unless you're a big power puncher who's a guy who's going to come out here and just starch him, which Ramazan Amiv isn't, then Danny Hot Chocolate usually has back-and-forth fights that, you know, tend to come down to the wire. And... That's and Ramazan Amiv is known for going to decision every single fight. So honestly, at a price like this, um, give me give me Danny Hot. I mean, plus two fifty. Like like what? Like give me Danny Hot Chocolate for the upset here. Um, look, he could get stalled out. Uh, you know, it, it, you know what Ramazan Amiv likes to do. That Russian coast, it could happen. But at a price like this, if you're a gambling man, maybe uh, take your chances. So next up uh, in the middleweight division, we got a matchup between Andrew Sanchez. He's 12 and six. He's taking on Bruno Blindado Silva, the former M1 champion. The dude that knocked out Alexander Slomenko comes into the UFC, also knocked out Artem Frolov, comes to the UFC, knocks out Wellington Terman. He's 20 and six. And man, I've been excited to see this guy in the UFC for a very, very long time. And currently they got, Bruno Blindado. It just depends where you look. I mean, I've seen some minus 138s, but then I see some minus 165s. Um, and the comeback on Andrew Sanchez is about plus 135. So this is an interesting spot because it's like I've been high on Bruno Blindado for a long time. For some reason, other people weren't. They don't they don't buy his game because a long ass time ago he had some suspect uh, issues on the map. But I just saw him in there with a black belt, get his back taken. He was able to reverse the position and knock the guy out in his own guard. So as far as I'm concerned, he's addressed that. This guy's got devastating power. He comes from. Eva Luciao Tai, the same gym that produced uh, Francisco Trinaldo, the same gym that produced Neto BJJ, Joaquin Silva. So those guys are out here banging under uh, Master Andre Dita, you know, um, a fantastic coach, the guy that soccer kicked Chael Sonnen on that episode of Tough Brazil. So I, I just see, and you know, Andrew Sanchez might get a takedown or two, but eventually Bruno Silva is going to get to him. And when he finds that chin, it's going to be devastating. It's going to be lights out. So give me Bruno Blindado Silva to come out here and knock out Andrew Sanchez. Now, next up, also in the middleweight division, we got a matchup between Julian Marquez. He's nine and two. He's taking on Jordan, the Beverly Hills Ninja, right? Who is 12 and one and current or 12 and two because Fluffy Hernandez knocked him out. I don't give a fuck what no one says. Currently, they got. Julian Marquez minus two fifty. The comeback on Jordan Rice plus two hundred. So this line's about right. I mean, it, you know, you know what's interesting about this fight is actually, I th- I think if these two were like to spar in the gym, that Jordan Wright might actually get the better of him because I think Jordan Wright actually does have like some better technique than Julian Marquez. But fights aren't always won on who has the better technique. Sometimes it's about who has the more heart and who's got the more durability. And I can damn well assure you that Julian Marquez has more heart and durability than um, than the Beverly Hills Ninja. So I think the early going, look, if you're betting that minus 250 on 
on uh, Julian Marquez. I think that the early going is going to be sketchy. I think he's going to be getting lit up in that early going for sure. But if he sticks around, I think at some point he is going to get to Jordan Wright and put him out, whether he knocks him out, whether he knocks him down and then chokes him out, like whatever the case may be, I think he's going to get to him. So my pick is going to be um, Julian Marquez. And real quick, before I move on to this next fight between Manon Fioro and Mayra Bueno Silva, I got to give a big shout out to my sponsor, Prize Picks. So you guys play daily fantasy sports, so you already know the deal. And with some of these other outlets, it's like one of these cases where you got to go out there and you got to put up a lineup of six fighters and just pray that shit goes right. And you can't combine sports. And I mean, it's just like a total pain in the ass. It's like a crapshoot. You got to enter a hundred lineups and hope that one of them hits. Well, the difference with price picks, and firstly, let me give you the code here to use so you guys get in a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Use my code battle or click the link in the description to just get you set up right away. So Prize picks is basically the simplest fantasy game on the market. The reason why is you pick two to five players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. So when I say two to five players, I mean, it can be two, it can be two to five in UFC. It can be one guy in UFC, one guy NFL. It could be, if you're taking a three team, you can go one UFC, one NFL, one MLB, like, two MLB, one NFL, what, like whatever combination you want to do, go do it because it's really about where you feel like you have the edge. That's what makes them so different. So Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. So literally, it's just you versus the projection. So like if they say that, you know, this fight between so-and-so is going to go over under seven minutes, over under four minutes. Or they say that, hey, Julian Marquez is going to score X amount of points. You decide if it's going to be over or under that and then combine it with, you know, you think Mahomes is going to fuck up. You think my boy uh, Julio Jones ain't going to play like he used to outside of Atlanta. You think Calvin Ridley's going to have a great year. The GOAT Tom Brady or you're a fan of the Atlanta Braves like me. You know, my boy Austin Riley, Ozzy Albies are out here. Freddie Freeman last night doing work. I mean, whatever combination you want to do where you feel like you have that edge. Go ahead and take advantage of that. So like I already mentioned, prize picks allows mixed Sport, uh, mixed sports entry. So take the over on uh, Max Holloway when he fights Yair and parlay it with the under on Mahomes. Price Picks has a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they got a 4.8 star rating in the App Store with rave reviews. So you guys already know the deal. So go to pricepicks.com, use the code BATTLE for an 100% deposit match up to $100. Like, so for example, you deposit $25, use my code BATTLE, they'll match that $25. You'll get an extra free $25 to play with. You throw in $50, they'll throw in $50 back with the code BATTLE. You want to go to $100, they'll throw that $100. Now let's say you know, you're know you out here, you're balling, you want to really test the waters. Put $250 down, they'll give you an extra $100 to work with. Put a grand down, they'll give you an extra $100 to work with. So I highly recommend you go to prizepicks.com, use the code BATTLE, or click the link in the description below. And uh, take advantage of this awesome offer because I truly believe that prize picks are revolutionizing the fantasy sports game. All right, so we're gonna get back. We're gonna get back down to business. Um, let me answer a couple fan questions. So Big J asked me, "Is Nemkov a good parlay piece this weekend?" So he's fighting Anglicus. 
<sighs> I mean, listen, I think Nemkov's going to win. It's just that he's like minus 600 or some shit, right? So, but I mean, you know, it's funny. I had Anglicus on half the battle like five years ago. Um, some promoter wanted me to interview a bunch of local fighters. Anglicus happened to be a local fighter. I never thought he'd make it to a fight against Vadim Nemkov. And I would be shocked if Anglicus beat Nemkov in a fight. So, yeah, it's a good parlay leg. It's just how much value is it going to add, you know, being that Nemkov is such a massive favorite. But I definitely think that uh, he's going to come out here and win. Nemkov, that is. My boy Andy says, what up, Dan? Like that shirt? Looking looking sharp. I appreciate you, my friend. You know, got to look fresh, feel good, perform good, look good. Whatever, whatever the quote is, you know what I'm getting at. Try it. You know what I'm saying? You'll feel your best. Uh, you'll perform your best. So next up in the flyweight division, we got a matchup between Manon Fioro. She's 7-1. She's taking on Mayra Bueno Silva, Shitara, who is 7-1-1. And currently, they got Manon Fioro, minus 225, the comeback on Mayra Shitara Bueno Silva, plus 200. This is an interesting fight because this is the first real test for Manon Fioro in the UFC. You know, this ain't Victoria Leonardo. This ain't my girl Tabitha Ritchie, who... I cannot wait to see back. Uh, Tabitha Ritchie's a, a very talented young lady, if you know what I mean. But uh, listen, all, all bullshit aside, Mayra Bueno Silva is one of the hardest hitters in that division. And like I said, power goes a long way in the women's division. So while Manon Fioro has definitely got her covered in terms of technical proficiency, the fluidity of her strikes, mixing in the punches to the kicks, I mean, I think I'd even go as far as saying she's got a higher ceiling. Um, Mayra Bueno Silva is not some pushover, man. Mayra Bueno Silva is going to come out here to fight. And even in the one fight that she lost, I mean, she badly damaged Moroz towards the end of that fight. So these girls feel it when they go out there against Mayra Bueno. Now, the biggest weakness I've seen with Mayra Bueno, there's two weaknesses. The first one is the takedown defense. Now, granted, she has been able to win two fights inside the octagon via armbar. So she could probably possibly capitalize there. The other weakness is she does tend to get hit a lot. You don't want to get hit a lot against Manon Fioro. So that's what I'm worried about. But could this be first L time? Possibly, because I mean, like I said, this ain't no soccer moms anymore. This ain't no Instagram models anymore. This is this is a real fight here. Mayra Shitara Bueno Silva. She don't play games, man. So someone's taking the shot on here just to find out if Manon can pass this test. Then I mean, I I, I completely understand. I'm going to slightly lean with Manon Fioro. I just personally um, am not going to lay that price uh, against Shitara, knowing how dangerous. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, I think I left for a second, but I'm right. I'm right back in this. So, uh, but what I was saying was that. Even though I think Manon Fioro should get this dub, I'm not willing to lay a price like that uh, 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 against someone as dangerous as, as uh, Mayra Shitara Bueno Silva, who I have a massive amount of respect for. Now, next up in the 155 pound division, we got a matchup between Jim Miller. He's 32 and 16. He's taking on the newcomer, Eric Gonzalez, who is 14 and 5. And currently, they got Jim Miller minus 225. The comeback on Eric Gonzalez is plus 180. So my gut instinct tells me that this is what we like to refer to as 
a retirement fight. This is Jim Miller's retirement fight. The guy's going to go into the Hall of Fame. What is it? Most fights in UFC history. I mean, the guy's such a badass. He's made that walk so many times. Nasty submission game. Um, I mean, not half bad in the striking, too. Just as seasoned as they get. And look, Eric Gonzalez is tough. He's going to come to fight. It's just that there's there's levels to this shit, guys. And uh, when I say there's levels to this shit, I mean Eric Gonzalez was losing to guys like Humberto Bandene not too long ago. Y- y'all remember Humberto Bandene, right? So now here's the here's the only thing. What I've what I've seemed to have noticed with Jim is if he goes past the first round, like since like 2016, because of his unfortunate battle with Lyme disease. It truly affects his cardio, but man, he can go balls to the wall in that first round. And I do think he's going to come out here and submit this kid in the first round. It's just where it can get interesting is because, you know, Eric Gonzalez is that tough Mexican warrior. If he can extend it, that's where, you know, that, that that's where shit could get sketchy, right? But give me Jim Miller via first round submission. I think he leaves his gloves in the center of the octagon. I think he gives a beautiful speech. I think we all cry. I think that we all tip our caps to a true legend, a true OG, a pioneer of the lightweight divisions. I mean, it's Jim, it's Jim fucking Miller. So Jim Miller, listen, no disrespect to Eric Gonzalez, but Jim Miller, come out here, take this kid down, take his back, choke him out, and have a beautiful moment inside that octagon, my man. We're so grateful for everything you've given us, all the blood you've shed on that canvas, all the incredible wars, all the amazing submissions. I mean, you are such a stud, Jim Miller. And if this is the last time I break down a Jim Miller fight, I mean, someone pour me a glass. I mean, I know that it's considered bad luck to make a toast with water. Man, I should have planned. Oh, well, you know, I do have a little something, something here. y'all know about this that crypto i know hey if someone knows about this let me know in the chat let me uh let me see real quick that white sparkling wine augusti torello mata crypto this uh this shit is no joke right here so jim after the show i'm uh i'm gonna make a little toast to you my friend because you've had such an incredible career and we are so blessed to have witnessed it, my man. So cheers to you, Jim Miller. And now I'm going to take my sip of water. <laughs> it's crazy. That's the last time I break down a Jim Miller fight. But I, ho- I hope he knows how much he's truly appreciated for everything he's given to this sport, man. And in my book, Hall of Fame. Co-main event of the evening in the heavyweight division. We got Andre Arlovsky. He's 31 and 20. He's taking on Carlos Boy Felipe, who is 11 and 1. And currently they got, oh, wow. This is uh, the closest odds I've ever seen in an Arlovsky fight in a long motherfucking time. We got Carlos Felipe, minus 115, and Andre Arlovsky is minus 105. Normally you got to pay some some serious chalk to come out here and uh, and bet against a guy like Arlovsky. So now we're getting pick and price. And I think the reason we're getting pick and price is because Carlos Felipe is, you know, a guy who is still developing. And now he's very exciting to watch. I personally am a fan. I think he comes to bang. Um, I like him. I think he's been progressively been getting better every single fight. So, you know, I like Carlos Felipe. 
Um, with Andre Arlovsky, I mean, he, he's a guy that right when you count him out, he comes out here and he teaches these young kids a lesson, goes out there and wins these very close decisions. And, you know, there was a time when he was on like this massive losing streak. And now, I mean, even though, uh, you know, my boy Tom Aspinall took care of business, he rebounded right away against Chase Sherman and won again. So he's won three of his last four. So, I mean, you got to give him a lot of credit. Like, if you don't have the speed to match a guy like Andre Arlovsky, because that's the one thing, I mean, not the one thing, he's got so much going for him, a former champion. Um, I mean, he, he's just seen everything there is to see in this sport. You, you, you can't say enough good things about him, future Hall of Famer for sure. But the one thing that, I really think he's he's been having going for him these days is that he's got a lot of speed, output, and vet tactics for the heavyweight division that you just have to admire and respect. So he's definitely by far more experienced than Carlos Felipe. Um, but listen, everybody's on Arlovsky here, and I actually picked Arlovsky for the first time uh, in a long-ass time uh, in that fight against, um, against Chase Sherman because Chase Sherman's kind of a walking punching bag. Whereas I, I don't I don't view Carlos Felipe. I kind of see Carlos Felipe as a young kid who's making improvements every single fight, who likes to bang. And I think people kind of blow that Jake Collier fight out of proportion. Like, I get that, yeah, maybe the line should have been a little bit closer. But what really happened in that fight was it was, it was close early on. But as the fight started to wear on, I mean, Felipe started to get to Jake Collier. I mean, you didn't see a protest from Jake Collier when that decision was read, and there's a reason why, and that reason why is because Jake Collier lost that fight fair and square. So while I understand that you might have hurt your feelings to lose a minus, a plus 250 ticket on Collier in a, in a split decision type fight, I get it, and you'd make that bet again. I just still personally scored it for, uh, for, um, for Felipe. And I'm going to take Felipe here too. Look, I know that... You know, Arlovsky has been, you know, he's been resurrecting himself. He's been performing better than a lot of people uh, expect, and he's been doing his thing. And maybe this is his retirement fight, too. Um, and maybe I'm dead wrong about this. Maybe this is another one of those spots where he just comes out here and teaches the young kid a lesson. I mean, I think it's going to be a split decision type fight, right? So could go either way. Everybody's on Arlovsky, so give me the other side. Let me go with Carlos Felipe. Be a close, maybe even controversial split decision. And last but not least, the main event of the evening. We got Norma Dumont. She's six and one, and she's taking on Aspen Ladd, who is nine and one. And currently, they got Aspen Ladd minus one fifty. The comeback on Norma Dumont is plus one twenty five. So, a couple things we got to talk about. So, Aspen Ladd is known for. I mean, when she gets on top of these girls, um, she gets a lot of ground and pound stoppages. She starts making all these crazy sounds. Um, and I'm curious if it's like as much, you know, if it's really more of a thing where she's doing a lot of damage or I'm curious if the sounds she makes while she's on top of those fighters, if that influences the ref's decision to step in there and uh, stop the fight at all. But one thing about Norma Dumont, I mean, she's kind of like that prototypical Brazilian banger. She's got good takedown defense. In fact, she's never been taken down in her entire UFC career. She's been the one uh, landing the takedowns. Like if you actually look at the numbers, which I'm about to pull up right now, um, she hit a takedown against Megan. She hit two takedowns against Ashley, who allegedly has a wrestling background. And she hit a takedown against Felicia, who is a black belt. So it's Norma who's actually coming out here, hitting takedowns in her fights. But 
the strike rate, while it says that Aspen lads, Aspen lands over five strikes per minute, I think that most of those are from the mat because on the feet, I think her. I think on the feet, her striking defense is actually kind of ugly to watch, and I'm surprised that only Jermaine Durandamy was able to capitalize. And by the way, that was no early stoppage. I don't give a fuck what Matt Brown says about that. I love Matt Brown, one of my favorite fighters. But you know, Matt Brown called me out because I said that that was a perfectly fine stoppage. But you know, Matt Brown also had an issue with that meme going around about Tyson Fury, where you know, it's like you might not like it, but this is what peak male perform or peak athletic performance looks like, which is just a funny meme you're supposed to laugh at. And Matt Brown had to like, you know, be like, "Oh, that's bullshit." Rrr, rrr, rrr. It's, like, it's like Matt, like lighten up a little bit, my guy. Like we love you, Matt Brown. We know you got the most knockouts in welterweight history, maybe even UFC history. But like, let, let, let let's lighten up. That's uh. Let's get a sense of humor, my guy. But as far as this fight's concerned, I do understand Aspen Ladd being favored just in terms of she's been in there with, with the better competition. Um, and, and she's more proven. But stylistically, if if Norma Dumont can keep this fight standing, big if, five rounds to work. But if Norma Dumont can keep this fight standing, she is a live dog. It's, just, it's a big if. But if she can do that, I mean, I think she's going to light her up standing. So it's either a case where Norma Dumont lights her up standing, then gets taken down and gets ground and pound TKO'd, or Norma Dumont lights her up standing and gets her arm raised. So which one do you want to choose? Um, I don't know. It could go either way. Flip a coin. Fl coin flipped, landed on Norma Dumont. Give me Norma Dumont for the upset in the main event. So before I talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch, we're going to do a couple things. I'm going to share the link to join this call. So if anyone wants to join this call and ask me any questions one-on-one, -on -one, man to man or man to woman, because I know uh, my girl Tiffany's in here, feel free to join. Um, if not, I'm going to go through the chat and post uh, some of the questions y'all been asking me on the screen, and I'm going to go ahead and answer them right now. So I'm scrolling all the way up from the beginning, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, see what y'all are saying. So Goldcap says he thinks, Bilal would give a guy like Strickland problems. Yeah, I, I love Bilal. My only concern in that fight would just be the weight class difference, even though Strickland is a former welterweight. But, I mean, Bilal has got a style to beat a lot of people. I mean, Bilal's a problem. He's a hard-nosed, gritty guy who will just keep going forward the entire time. So it would be interesting. I personally don't think the fight happens, but I have certainly been enjoying the shit talk between the two. And uh, Bilal's a friend of mine, so I'm rooting for him. Gold Caps also said, can I get a COVID, uh, can I get a Manscaped COVID mask? Um, if you do, just use code BATTLE20 for 20% off and free shipping uh, at manscaped.com. All right, let's see what else y'all got. My boy, the stub lore said, big, big ups to Dano. Big ups to you, my friend. I, I appreciate you, my man. Uh, Tiffany said, Dan, I love your work and approach when breaking down each car. Thank you for always delivering. Thank you so much, Tiffany. That means a lot to me. Uh, Dirty Reg said, where's Shaq? How, how many times I got to answer that question? My boy said he wanted a break, so whenever he's ready to come back, he can come back, uh, you know? Uh, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. But I hope you all are enjoying this uh, in the meantime. Um, let's see. Goldcap says, Darren Till should wear sunglasses. Why you say that? You think you could pull it off? My boy... Hackrow says, working a little late tonight. Glad you're on right now. Thank you so much, man. I truly appreciate that. RWS says, Dan, I'm shot to pieces. Hey, man, make sure you stay hydrated. You know, uh, stay, stay, stay hydrated, big guy. We don't want you. Uh, we don't want anything going wrong. And hide those car keys, too. Um, K Diz says, 
I see value on Luana Carolina. We haven't even mentioned the fact Lupe was on five-day notice. She was on five-day notice, but she also just fought recently. So Jack Hammer says Jared Gooden has a granite chin. <laughs> you can say that again. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, that fucking kick would have sent another man to Sparta, you know, that goddamn. So I'm just hoping they get my boy. Give him a Gabe Green. Give him Jason Witt. Get, you know, like. Even Munir Lazez, like, like, can we get our feet wet? I mean, we are getting our feet wet. This is called paying your dues right now. But now I'd love to like get guys that are not ranked in the top twenty. That would that'd be that'd be preferable. Um, Kdiz says Amiv is a neutralizing machine, and Roberts has never lost a decision. Interesting, 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 interesting. Um, all right, let me see. Evan says, I've been killing it this month, but this card looks like straight dust to me. I think I'm going to take one off. Nothing wrong with taking one or uh, multiple off, you know? I mean, if you're not feeling it, just take a break, you know? And you don't owe no one nothing, man. And that's the bottom line. Oh, shit. We got someone in the chat. Hold on a second. Got my boy, Solar Cowboy. What's up, Solar Cowboy? How's it going? Pretty good, man. Uh, I got a question for you, more of a bankroll question. Okay. All right, so I've been casually gambling, I'll say, for two years, but now it's kind of starting to get better where I can make that 100-unit bet, and it's it's going well. But here's what's funny is I've never pulled the money, and I just kind of want to know, when is the right time to pull those profits? Um, I, I live in Texas, so it's not like you in Vegas where um, you know you just, you just go and get the money. I, I just always keep that, that, that account. So now it's been going well. Uh, not like going well like it was bad before, but like um, I, I probably made like four grand this month. And I'm just like, when am I supposed to pull, you know? Yeah. Um, well, when, with the ladies or, or with the betting? No, I'm just kidding. But um, basically, man, that's really up to you. I mean, like it just depends what your goals are. I mean, if your goal is, hey, let me just get this four grand walk away and i'm good to go you, there's another there's an extra four grand for you but you're trying to do this long term i mean what did you start off with firstly two hundred dollars okay damn so two hundred dollars to 4k that's a really nice roi my man congrats yeah. to you thanks man so let me ask you something you think you could turn another two hundred dollars into uh 4k i don't know I'm, I'm enjoying having my unit uh a little bit higher because you know if i mess up it kind of helps me bounce back with some of these lines that are, uh, you know, kind of like the negative 250 with uh, Marquez. Right. But here's the thing you want to avoid. You want to avoid, you know, having that 4K in there, and yeah. then you get cocky and you lose that 4K, right? Better. Here we go. Can you, did you hear what I just said? I did. Yeah. Like, you don't want to wake up one day and that 4K is gone. So, yeah. Um, but at the same time, if you're very confident in the strategy you're doing right now, I mean, you can, you know, just stay consistent with your unit size, man. I mean, 1% of your bankroll is the standard, but I mean, sometimes you can get away from that a little bit, but I would recommend, I mean, what's your goal here? Is your goal to be able to take out some money or is your goal to just gamble for fun? Like, like, what's your goal here? Yeah. I mean, I, number one, I enjoy gambling. It's just, it's fun. Um, but two, you know, maybe maybe hit five grand and just go to Belize with the wife for a week. Okay, that's a that's a fantastic goal. The only, the only thing is, are we sure we're getting to that five grand? Because this is a game where 
Yeah. You never, you never know. Right. So, I mean, what if you take out 2.5 K you're halfway there yeah. and and then start gambling again and see if you can get the other 2.5 K. Yeah. That, um, that's the advice I need. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's go ahead, take some of it out just so that, you know, you know that you took some out and that, you know, you can't lose all of it and then start over. I mean, don't start over with, you know, $200, but let's, let's take, let's take 2.5 K out, maybe, maybe even 3 K out and take it from there. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, man, you got it, buddy. You got anything else for me? No, I think that's it. I think uh, I think on the Amiv fight, uh, I, I put some, I put I put down about six hundred bucks on that one just because I want to win two hundred. Uh, I just think more likely on that one, it's more of can he get the guy down? Can he keep him down? Uh, I think I think uh, his takedown percentage versus how often. Um, Hot chocolate actually does get taken down. It's, it's probably going to be a pretty straightforward fight as long as he doesn't get knocked out. Yeah, definitely. It's just uh, even if he doesn't get him, even if he doesn't take him down, another thing that he does really well is he can push you up against the fence and kill the clock. So, oh, yeah. So you don't need to freak out if he's not getting the takedown. Like if he's killing time on the clock, that's really good. It's just the, the actual stand-up exchanges at distance, those are the moments you're going to sweat the most. So. Yeah, but, but yeah, man. If you feel like you got a confident read, who am I to tell you differently? So it'll be fun. Yeah. By the way, I'm 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 not betting money that I can't afford to lose. There you, hey, perfect, perfect. I hope I hope everyone heard that because that's yeah. uh what this is all about. It should be fun, and when it stops being fun, walk away. So, props to you, my man. I appreciate cool. it, buddy. All right, thanks for the time. Absolutely, my man. Take care. Bye. All right, it's my boy here uh, asking a question. If anyone else wants to jump in the chat, talk to me one on one. I'm very happy to do so. There's a lot of fun for me. I mean, you know, when I first started Half the Battle, you know, I had like two people listening to me and it was like my friends trying to make me feel good. So now that I have people from all over the world, like this is just so cool to me. So, you know, you guys did so much for me. So the least I can do is give back to y'all and, uh, you know, and, and talk to y'all and, and entertain y'all and give y'all something to take your mind off things. I know that this is a, crazy world that we live in so you know i'm just happy to be here and i'm happy that you know even though i took that two-month break i had covid it was brutal i'm back and you know it's good to be back so y'all do me a big favor hit that like button hit that subscribe button too if you haven't already and also retweet let people know that half the battle is back i feel like a lot of people don't know i'm back a lot of people don't know what the deal is uh made a lot of announcements on the first couple shows where I came back. Uh, if you haven't heard it, go back, listen to the first 10 minutes of those. So it's just good to be in here and talking with you guys again. It truly means a lot to me. Um, all right. So let me see if y'all got anything else. My boy, Jay Labrier says, Dan, I live in St. Louis and all I heard was cards winning streak and nobody wants to play us. We'll kill the Braves in the playoffs. So I send them a pick of my number 10 chipper motherfucking Jones jersey and Tomahawk. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's my guy right there. When we make a half the battle shirt, when we make the merch, let me know. I'll send you a free shirt, bro. Cause, uh, you know, you know, uh, in my man cave, <laughs> I got a couple signed pictures above my TV. Fedor. Korean zombie and Chipper Jones. So you already know what time it is, my man. So, hey, if you're on Twitter, send me a DM at Best Five Picks and let me know that this was you. And thank you very much for uh, for commenting and being in here. All right, let's see what else y'all are saying. Um, 
it did that thing where it scrolled me all the way down. Hey, y'all, do me a favor. Hit that like button for me. I really appreciate it. Helps the channel a lot. Helps that that algorithm they like to talk about. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Damien says, last three cards has been 80% favorite wins. Could there be upsets? Damien also said uh, Gooden was going to get knocked out in 10 seconds. I don't, don't think I didn't forget that. Got hit with the hardest shot anyone got hit in anyone got hit with on that entire card and uh did not get knocked out so uh my boy very big deal says dan is the man good to see you uh you're the you're the no i'm the man but you're the very big deal so i appreciate you k Diz, in response to my boy that was on here says you can always redeposit withdrawing it doesn't mean you have to stop saving it i personally withdraw 25 percent of every significant hit i get okay Border Rage says, how about them dogs? Number one, baby. Listen, I'm a Georgia State Panther, but we can root for an Athens team too. I'm ATL till the day I die, but we can, we can root for Athens teams too. So at least it's Georgia. At least it's Georgia. Um, Jay LaBreer says, I'll have to come to ATL and hit a Braves game with you. Hey, championship series coming up. So come right through. Jay Breer also says, smash that like button. Y'all do me that favor. Smash that like button. All right. So we're wrapping it up. So once again, um, I posted the link for y'all to join me. So go ahead. If anyone else wants to come in here and join me, you're more than welcome to. Now's the last call. I'm going to go ahead and do the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So my fight to watch is going to be Ludovic Klein versus Nate Landwehr. I mean, I feel like no matter the result, it's going to be a super exciting fight. Ludovic Klein has the potential to get this early finish, but if he doesn't, I can see Nate Landwehr kind of dragging him into that dog fight, into a fight of the night. So I kind of see either a performance of the night or a fight of the night in the Klein versus Landwehr fight. So for that reason, that is my fight to watch. My fighter to watch is the legend, the Hall of Famer, Jim Jim Miller. I mean, this is a guy where I truly have a gut feeling that this is his retirement fight. And, I mean, he's got the perfect opponent to come out here and finish this guy in the first round, leave those gloves in the center of the octagon, have a beautiful speech, get us all crying, and just let us all be grateful and reminisce on the amazing times we had uh, you know, with Jim Miller. So thank you so much, Jim Miller. You are my fighter to watch. Cam Booman says, can you bet at casinos in Georgia? Not familiar with the betting rules. Uh, what, what casinos? Hopefully soon, bro. Hopefully soon. K Diz says Red Sox fan, but some players are bigger than personal fandoms. Chipper Jones is a motherfucking legend. Hey, K Diz, I hope we see y'all in the World Series, my man. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, share this, let everybody know I'm back. Hit that retweet button on Twitter and let, let everybody know that Half the Battle is here and here to stay. And tell everybody how much you enjoyed this, how much you enjoy this, and how entertained you truly were. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where we are available. Follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Uh, follow the, the Instagram for the podcast at Half the Battle Pod. And I mean, I'm always down to interact with y'all. Um, for some reason, in my notifications, it doesn't always show me like stuff from people that I don't follow. So if I don't respond to you, just hit up my DMs, and I'm I'm always down to talk with you guys that you know that support me. So it means a lot to me. Y'all are like family to me. So thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Oh yeah, the sponsors. 
Oh, hold on. We got one more in here. We got one more in here. Chris Lau. The sponsors. Oh, hold Chris on. Lau. We got one more in here. We got one more in here. Chris Lau. The Wait, Chris sponsors. Lau. Hold on. You got to turn your volume down because I can I can hear myself. Chris Lau. Wait, Chris Lau. Hold on. Okay, he just came in and left. Hey, Chris Lau, if you're about to rejoin, just turn your volume down because I can hear myself from your speakers. So if you just turn that volume down and come back in, I can answer whatever you got for me. Oh, he says his shit crashed. It's all good, man. I'll be back next week. You can try it again. We'll take it from there. My sponsors, though, um, Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Use that promo code BATTLE20 for 20% off and free shipping. And PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com. Use the code BATTLE for an 100% deposit match up to $100. Links for both are in the description. Truly appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.